I forget the chick's name. Right, the right. That gets trapped in the wall, I mean. Oh. oh. I don't know her name. Nora. Oh, yeah, Nora. So you do remember the name. Oh, you like, no, I haven't pulled up. <laughs> oh, you haven't pulled up? <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled up right now. <laughs> nice. Because Bajelak. Bajelak. Robert, do you, uh, do you know the name of all the new Cenobites? Oh shit! Hold on. They... Let me pull that up. I, I I saw a post of it. Let me let me find it. I just I just saw like based on the subtitles, one of them's the Wailer or the Weeper, the Weeper. Uh, I think Gasp. So. Yeah, there's the Gasp. Chattering... The Gasp. Oh, is that the one that like wheezing? That's the one that it's got like black. Like it looks like it like it's got like like black like like. It's, uh-huh. it's the <laughs> the Weeper is the wait. Which one we're talking about? The Weeper, right? Oh, yeah, I know which one the Weeper is. The one that, like, splits its arms. Oh, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one are you talking yeah. about again? You're talking about the Gasp. Oh, Gasp is, sorry, the, the lady, the, 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 the one that looks like the, it was like Oh, bronze, like the, like, crescent you know? yeah, kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, On her head? With yeah. the wires? Yeah. What, what's the name of the one that, like, like, unravels and, like, French. gets really fast? Asphyx? 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one that's, like, wheezing. Like choking yeah. all the time. <laughs> I was about to. <laughs> I was. Huh? I was about to make uh, a bronchitis joke. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Uh, okay. <laughs> the mother, the mask, the asphyx, the gasp, the chatterer, the weeper, the priest. The priest. Pinhead. Oh right. Yeah, I think there's seven, right? We're gonna be going over the whole series because I've only seen the first one. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't. No, I, don't, I no, hope not. I've only seen no, the first no. two. I've only seen the first two as well. Um, <laughs> hello and welcome to the Salem Station podcast. This is the show where we rank and review uh, all of your favorite horror movies. I'm your co-host uh, Robert, and I'm your co-host Enrique, and we are joined today by uh, returning guest Ulysses. Hello. And- and we're doing Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2022, which uh, came out on Hulu. I was very excited for this. Uh, I don't, were you guys excited for this at all? What were you guys' expectations, I guess, before we talk about the movie? Or... Um, I don't know if I was excited, per se. More interested. Intrigued. That a remake was being made. Right. Yeah, I didn't know about the movie until like a week before it came out. <laughs> <laughs> I I have been tracking this movie I think for like a year or two now. Um, only because uh, I heard a while back that they were finally making a Hellraiser movie with like a budget, which hasn't been done since like the third or fourth one I think. I think there's I haven't I have I should have double checked but I think there's like twelve of these movies. I think there's as many Hellraiser movies as there are Halloween movies, which is. I, I... <laughs> I knew there was a lot. I didn't know there was that many. Yeah, there's an insane amount, and they're they're not they they have some of the stupidest names I've ever fucking heard of. <laughs> like like some of them like some of them are called like you know Hellraiser Inferno and whatnot, Hellraiser Judgment. Like I don't know, like whatever names, right? They're very confusing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the difference between most of those. There's one called, and I shit you not, Hellraiser Deader. Like you know, like as in more dead. Like I, I don't know, uh, and then there's like, anyways, this franchise is is what I'm trying to get at. Is this franchise is absolute shit. Even though I haven't, I've only seen the first two, 
uh and i guess we were you meant you guys were talking about this before we started um enrique you've also seen the first two and yuli you've mm-hmm. seen the first one um, yeah i think out of the first well i think well first of all for those of you listening who have probably never seen the hellraiser movies since i mean maybe i feel like most people probably haven't seen these since since these aren't like you know like like pinhead is iconic but i feel like hellraiser as a series isn't like you know to the status where like nightmare on elm street is or even the conjuring movies or you know the friday the 13th movies i think they're just like i think they're like b or c level movies yeah. i don't know um might be because of the lack of exposure that they got you know yeah it's all like straight to dvd kind of stuff yeah which some of those uh later sequels were made uh just to keep the rights uh i think i was telling enrique i told someone this oh uh, yeah yeah you but were they telling would, me that yeah they would pump them out like every three years or so just to hold the rights and like you can tell with some of these movies let me look up there's a movie called uh hellraiser uh what is it called revelations and that's the one that people usually make fun of i only this movie has such a fucking low budget and people always make fun of this of this pinhead i feel so bad that that looks like a big baby (laughs) hold on that one it just looks so fucking (laughs) bizarre here's another here's another uh image this one i don't know i've i've not seen i've never seen a video of how this pinhead like looks or, or how he acts and whatnot but it looks fucking it looks so like un like uncanny i guess but, and it's a different actor too right yeah yeah i think like the, it's the same actor for most of the movies right if i'm not mistaken i believe so i think i know he stopped being pinhead at uh, i think it was 2005 mm-hmm. at least that's what i read in this magazine i can talk i'll talk about it in a bit but um yeah he stopped being a pinhead and then i think two other people played him but they're usually not like ever talked about because no one ever talks about these movies um <laughs> right i think i think i guess most people will probably ask um going into this movie you know what do i need to know about hellraiser would you say that people would need to watch the original one or the second one before going into this or do you think this is a movie that does its own job, you know, that does a, that does a really good job at explaining, you know, the franchise and lore. Um, I think it does a good job standing on its own, mm-hmm. but um, for someone who's never seen a Hellraiser movie, though, it might be kind of jarring, just shocking how weird it is. Right, yeah. Or like, just the concept of it. So maybe having watched one or two of the originals would help right. with that. But, like, story-wise... I think it does a good job explaining it, maybe even like clearing up some details. Right, and I think, I think the first one might also be a little, I don't know, I guess jarring also, because I think most people probably assume like Pinhead's kind of like a slasher character, like the others. Right, but he's so, not. He's so different than like a Freddy. Yeah, or Jason. He's and he is a villain, I guess, to some extent in the original, but he's more like a like a secondary antagonist, mm-hmm. and he like barely shows up, and the story isn't quite what you think. Um, which would you say is the better between the the, the first two? Those are the only two I've seen as well. Um, in terms of been a while like a story the movie, and a movie, I think I like the first one better, mm-hmm. but the second one's just more entertaining. I think. Right. Yeah, I think. I think this movie, I think, I think it, I think it's pretty cool having seen those two because 
those are the two movies that this one's kind of based off of and i i can't tell i can't you know say truthfully whether or not maybe there's hints to the other movies just because i haven't seen them um but uh, i think the first two movies are really all you need to not that you even need to watch them but you know if you do watch them you know when you're watching this one it's like oh like this is probably taken from that one and whatnot mm-hmm I, I was really excited for this because I was like, okay, we're finally getting a Hellraiser movie with a budget. I'm not the world's biggest Hellraiser fan, so my expectations at first were, like, you know, very low. But, like, anything, like, all these fucking horror movies, it started just building. And then this became <laughs> my number one most anticipated horror movie. I was going to say of the year. That's not true. That was probably, like, Scream and whatnot. But of, like, this later half. And, yeah. The I, October season? Yeah, the October season. I, I was... I know more horror fans are excited for this than Halloween ends. I don't think many, I haven't seen many people, horror fans that excited for Halloween ends probably because you have like, like a shit ton of horror, like Pearl, Barbarian, you know, Hellraiser, mm-hmm. Smile, Terrifier 2 even, you know, like coming out like weeks before <laughs> Halloween ends. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the movie? And I liked it. You liked it? Yeah. I don't even, I don't even really watch that much body horror. Mm-hmm. You know, this one, I kind of tolerated it. It's a, uh... It's very tasteful the way that it's done. Would you say, very artistic, maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think about the puzzle box? Oh, I think I think that puzzle box is pretty sick. Uh, it's the best it's ever been. <laughs> yeah, there, I don't think there's any competition. Uh, it is definitely the best puzzle box. Um, I I was so I have this magazine. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a little detour, but it'll come back to this uh, that I picked up. It's called Fangoria, and it's like on all things horror and then i picked it up because there's a pretty huge segment in here on the new hellraiser movie and one of the things that they mentioned was obviously all the boxes in the past have been practical effects because the boxes in the past have just been cubes with like stickers on them you know to make them look ornate and like they don't really do much but they wanted to keep that practical element in this obviously the moments where like it becomes like a diamond and stuff that's you know cg and whatnot but, like, mm-hmm. the twisting of, like, the parts and, like, the knobs and the little spinning of dials, like, that, and the little blade coming out, like, that is practical, which I thought was really cool. And there's a couple oh, of those yeah. boxes that, you know, exist, you know, that the cast have and whatnot. I was going to say, I assume they had a bunch of different ones, like, the different configurations. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just, like, the transitioning is the CG. Yeah, I think... I think this would be a cool prop to have, if I'm being honest. I would love to have, oh, yeah. like, th- like, I always thought, like, having a bo- the box from, like, Hellraiser would be pretty cool as, like, a little prop. But this one is, like, this is, like, standard <laughs> for that. Yeah, like you mentioned, there are six configurations. I think, I think that's very cool because, and again, I'm going to go on a little detour, but I'll come back to this, I swear. Uh, <laughs> this movie, I feel, kind of takes inspiration for the plots of the first two films, right? Where the first one is... Uh, about Frank, who kind of escapes hell, right? Mm-hmm. Wherever the Cenobites are from. And it's all about him coming back to life. And he comes back, right, as, like, this fucked-up-looking dude. But he yeah. needs, like, kills in order for him to kind of be his, like, regular self, I guess. Which is mm-hmm. kind of, like, a version of that, but in a twisted way where it's the main character, Riley, trying to bring her brother back. And there has to be a certain amount of kills through the box to do it. And I do like, going back to the box, that it's more specified with, like, the rules. Like, how many (laughs) kills you need to have and how, like, each configuration is almost, like, kind of initiated by a kill. 
um, mm-hmm. of sorts. And how, you know, once you get to a certain amount of kills, like, you get whatever it is you were wishing for. Which is kind of, like, probably... It's, it's like what Frank was trying to do, but I think... I would say better. I don't know. What, what would you, do you did you see did you notice that correlation? Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, I de- definitely did. Even like the little callback when she like hugged her brother and he had like no back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That reminded me of him when he was like first starting to come back to life. Yeah. Like skinless, you know. Yeah. Uh, another thing that but reminded yeah. me of that was like Quinn. I definitely saw the correlation. Yeah, huge correlation. I I I do like that. It, like again, that's like where this movie stands on its own. But if you've seen the original, it's like hey, that's. Mm-hmm. you know like like nodding to that um, and even just like the extra rules for the box that they mentioned in this movie i thought was like huge improvement from the original yeah uh, where it's like it's pretty vague like what the box actually does like does it just summon them right the like, original is that yeah. what it does but this one it like there's that whole book the journal yeah that which i thought yeah. was really cool i i kind of i kind of wish i would have taken like screenshots of it because i I was so intrigued <laughs> by what was in those journals i was like that's so cool even to have as like a prop you know that i think that's pretty cool but yeah, you know that were... re- that did remind me of the night house where the the husband also had like the journals that he kept oh yeah, yeah. And, like that little prop figure with like the little spikes yeah. going through it and stuff yeah yeah Probably, that was probably kind of random since no, yeah. bringing up the night house. Oh, like but that. I mean, it makes sense. The night house was directed by the same dude. His name's uh, David Bruckner. Um, right. And the night house we were discussing earlier was uh, supposed to be like, not supposed to be, but like it initially started as like a possible Hellraiser script that ended up being, you know, changed and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I remember thinking, you know, he probably would have been like a good, you know, director for a decently budgeted Hellraiser movie, which you know lo and behold ended up happening (laughs) which i thought was pretty cool i know he did another movie called the ritual i want to check that one out i've not seen it but i hear that one's also pretty good um i think i ended up watching that one actually oh yeah was it yeah it's it's about uh some backpackers backpacking through somewhere in not denmark but somewhere in norway i think Mm -hmm. and they like stumble upon an old village with old ways old rituals it's pretty cool right i i yeah. i've only seen the images of like this weird like deer creature or whatever oh, it looks yeah. pretty cool yeah it looks really cool and speaking of like it looking really cool uh the people who designed that and I, again i read all of i did a this book I, i'm <laughs> not gonna get any more magazines of this because it's pretty fucking expensive um i've already seen their newest issue which is like on halloween ends but this one, it's like it's really extensive in terms of its information on this movie. The people that designed that deer from the ritual, they did mm-hmm. the effects for the night house, and they're also the ones who did the practical effects for the Cenobites. Mm-hmm. And they helped, you know, uh, kind of create some of these new designs, which I guess we can talk about. What did mm-hmm. you guys think of the Cenobites' designs? They lost their leather and went naked. Yeah, they did lose all their leather. I I, um, I do like it. Part, I, I love yeah. I think I, I I personally like some of these designs more than the original ones. Oh, okay. Maybe I was gonna say that uh, take. Probably. I was gonna say, uh at at the beginning of the movie they uh kinda look very similar to me. Mm-hmm. Like like I mean I know you just see like their silhouettes and them in the distance, but not right. nothing really stood out. You know, like how like, like Pinhead how... stands out from like Butterball, butterball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like Chatter to Butterball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because well, he looks so unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but 
they they definitely stood out a lot more in the original, but I liked how they were kind of like cohesive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they all had piercings. They all had like missing flesh or something wrong with their like skin. Appearance I guess. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I I read like a little segment here where um the reason why they ditched the leather was because they thought that the leather was like too eighties. You know, it's like yeah, like, probably was. Like, it's, like, you know, probably for the 80s, like, that was edgy. And, like, they mentioned mm-hmm. here, like, kinky, I guess. Uh, I guess I can read this. But they said that um, kink isn't quite as in- as counterculture as it once was. So they decided just to go full, like, naked with the Cenobites. And mm-hmm. they mentioned that in the book, the original uh, book by Clive Barker, that the one of the main focuses, or one of the things that was described often was the, the scarring of their body, the scarification and how the clothes kind of interacted with their body. Like, a lot of... Because, like, in the original Hellraiser, it looks like they're just wearing stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's described that in the book, like, a lot of that is sewn into their body and stuff. Like, a lot of it's coming see. out of their body and stuff. And right. they decided that instead the clothing would be their own skin. So, like, Pinhead in this... She has, like, a dress of sorts. You don't see it often, but it's a dress made of, like, skin flaps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I think is pretty cool pinhead's design what do you guys think about the new pinhead what do you think about her design i guess before we talk about her performance i liked it uh the like pins in the head look very similar to the original but like the rest of the design i thought was pretty cool too right um i know that looked more skeletal oh yeah look it out like one of her pins it was like four inches deep into her skull yeah <laughs> i've never thought about like you know are those removable or whatnot when she started like pulling i was like oh shit like like <laughs> that's pretty cool but also like yeah those go in really deep like holy shit they mentioned that what they wanted to do with the pins was that in the book they mentioned that they're like jeweled pins so i guess like at the end of every pin there's like a like a different jewel and whatnot they tried actually going with that route originally but that it was very distracting like when you looked at pinhead <laughs> So actually, what you have instead is uh, they're like pearls at the end of every pin, mm-hmm. as opposed to the original, where the original they're more like nails. They're like very like it's got like a very carpenter looking a, a carpenter look to the to the nails that they have. I do like actor who the actress that plays Pinhead. Her name's uh, Jamie Clayton. I know that this is a hot take. I think I prefer her as Pinhead over the original. Really yeah i think what about his like booming voice so i do like his booming voice but he always <laughs> felt like i don't know like i always felt that a pinhead's never been like like, like too like, over the top maybe or yeah yeah like a little too over the top almost like a little too like <laughs> like putting himself out there in a way <laughs> i don't know i can't describe it but like this pinhead when she talks it's very like not subtle but it's very like it's demanding in a way where she's not shouting. It's like right, yeah, it's like, like very low. Yeah, like, and I grasp I onto know. like every yeah. word she says because it's like, oh, I like Pinhead's talking. Like everybody, shut up. <laughs> I don't know. That's how I felt with this one, and I, I liked I like how she kind of commanded things without shouting. I guess I I, I prefer his Pinhead. Um, I think I'm sticking with the original, but this this was a definitely definitely a good uh adaptation. Right. Or remake of it, I think. I I really like her as Pinhead, and if they do make sequels, I would I would really want her to you know come back. The ending did seem like they're setting up for a sequel. Yeah, a 
a lot of this movie and especially with the ending kind of took a lot of inspiration from the second one as well because the second one is there's like this doctor who's like fascinated with the Cenobites or he like knows of this other world and so he's having like these patients like try to solve boxes for him and one of them is like this child who Alex always jokes about like a literal child can solve boxes uh they're not much they're not much of a puzzle but a child ends up you know unlocking the box and then through shenanigans they end up everyone like in their hell world their hell reality or whatever with leviathan this giant like diamond thing in the sky and like the world's like a labyrinth and you know the Mm -hmm. doctor eventually he becomes a cenobite like a lot of that was present here but it wasn't like hitting you over the head where it's like remember that movie at least to me it, it came off very naturally um, yeah seeing like Levi- yeah you're right it did it did kind of feel like a mix of the first two movies yeah and like in a really good seamless way kind of yeah because like when leviathan started coming out of the sky and like you see like this giant maze and you know obviously like he becomes a cenobite it is very much that second movie it's it's that second movie as well as as much as it is that first movie and i think it just utilizes both like all the good elements of both in uh, really cool ways i think that uh this movie and i was i was reading a little bit of this in the of this in the book so i'm like further theorizing on what i read but uh one of the main themes of this movie is like addiction which is what the main character is obviously going through and i imagine that the filmmakers probably wanted to like show like two sides of addiction you know there's the people i i think riley is one side right of someone who is dealing with addiction and i think the opposite side of that coin is roland who's the rich dude mm-hmm. um and i'm only saying this because i like she has an addiction to you know substances and whatnot whereas he has an addiction to sensations i guess right he's yeah. kind of like frank is in a way where he wants to experience something you know otherworldly because he's pretty much done everything that he can possibly do here and the difference between the two of them is that Riley knows that what she's, you know, addicted to is bad. Whereas Roland, he, it doesn't matter to him. He's going to keep going and he's going to keep trying to further go down this rabbit hole to get to the next big, you know, rush, quote unquote, I guess you could say. And then I, I think it's exemplified in, because they're both the character, they're the only two characters in this movie that get the option of getting a gift, of getting a potential gift from the Cenobites, uh, whereas Riley, she declines their gift, even though, you know, she has the chance to get her brother back. She's like, no, this, like, ends right here. You know, mm-hmm. almost like, you know, her ending her addiction, whereas Roland, he's like, okay, where's my gift? So, like, he keeps going. So he's like, he's like, what would happen if, like, a, like I mean, addiction's bad, but, like, he's like that end of addiction, whereas, like, she's, like, she's the end where she knows that what she's doing is wrong i guess i don't know i i took i saw that i i interpreted that from from that maybe that's looking a little too deep into that but no, i, I that's think that's that's probably i mean it sounds spot on yeah <laughs> I, I, I can't testify to how accurate it is but and uh, there's a yeah. couple quotes from pinhead which i probably should have looked up but they do i i i do kind of feel that they echo that sentiment Right, I remember uh, Pinhead saying that uh, there are no, like, thresholds. Yeah. You just go beyond that, yeah. basically. Like, once... Uh, once you reach a threshold, you just, like, you don't stop there. It just keeps going. Just look for the next thing, like you said. Oh, yeah, there's another quote where she, Riley says, I've had enough, and Pinhead says, enough is a myth. So, yeah, like, it's almost like right. 
like like no you can never have too much oh here's the quote there is no retreat once a threshold has been crossed all you can do is search for greater thresholds i don't know i think it all just like like points to that which i think is very cool and that yeah like he eventually became one of them because he couldn't stop himself basically i mean how rich do you have to be that you've like experienced everything so you look like basically in another dimension for something (laughs) new yeah uh, yeah that's like roland and frank must have been filthy rich that doctor too he was like oh Oh, yeah the doctor too yeah yeah i I like the character of roland also this like completely evil bastard um (laughs) i feel so bad for the the chick he stabbed with the box oh yeah i think she's the one who i feel the most bad for because they they go for her and like they start to torture her and you know she like pinhead asks like what is it you pray for and then sticks one of her pins right through her throat which was like oh "Oh my god (laughs) yeah uh very gruesome i do feel bad for that poor girl and she gets like what like she didn't even have to be there really but i mean yeah she i do like she didn't have to be there but i do like the the tension that the movie builds where yeah there needs to be a certain amount of people if riley wants to live that she has to sacrifice where they're like okay you are you know pinhead kind of and pinhead pinhead in this i think is evil as opposed to like og pinhead whereas og pinhead's like oh you summoned me i'm here you know oh like no, just you, neutral yeah and then you send him back with like like resolving the puzzle box or whatever whereas here like no she's like evil because she she like the she forces she has the box like forcibly stab riley so she's like okay now your timetable's been moved up like now you have to go get other two people or we'll get you you know Mm-hmm. whereas i don't know i think that's i think that's pretty cool but also like it adds more tension because she only has two other friends left which is you know her brother's boyfriend and trevor her own boyfriend you know this character you know dilemma there where she's like i'm not gonna betray my friends you know in order to satisfy you guys the sick needs and whatnot i thought that was pretty cool but even to bring her brother back though like, yeah it was to bring her brother choosing back. her friends over her brother too yeah at I, that moment i guess Right, and then, you know, once she saw, like, all the messed up things they've done to, like, Roland mm-hmm. and stuff, she probably assumes, like, bringing back her brother's gonna be equally as messed up. They'd probably bring him back yeah. to, like, Frank or whatever, where he, like... Probably. Yeah. Um, she so... still have to kill people to get him to, like, his normal self, probably. Right, which, when Pinhead doesn't give her, you know, her gift in a way, like, what Pinhead says, you know, leaves her almost, like... Like, it's almost like a backhanded compliment in a way where it's like oh now you're gonna live with like a life of regret you know having gone through all this you know lost your friends and stuff and you don't get anything in return like i thought that i thought that was like i think the lines for pinhead are honestly really really good and i i know i i kind of i like had a middle had a little mini uh like i don't know heart attack in my body once uh pinhead <laughs> said like oh we have such sights to show you i know <laughs> I know diehard Hellraiser fans fainted when this when they were watching this movie at multiple parts because I was waiting. I was waiting. I was like, is Pinhead going to say, like, an iconic Hellraiser line, right? Because there's plenty. There's the – I thought the one that they were going to say was when they were in the hospital and they asked the lady that used to work for Roland. I think they asked her, like, oh, what are they? And she says – she says something about, like, some people see them as angels, but you'd think a devil would know another devil or something. I, I thought I thought she was gonna say oh like they're angels to some demons to others, and then I was like oh damn they like blue balled us or whatever, and then you know eventually they you know Pinhead says uh, you know we have such sights to show you, 
which like so cool. It's the most noticeable <laughs> quote, probably. Yeah. So the whole series. So dope. Yeah. Ro- I, I going back to Roland because she says that when Roland's being taken up, uh, Roland gets absolutely fucked in this movie. He has <laughs> that device is so freaky, like. Like I was like cringing, not like cringing, like you know, you know, the way we use that term now, but like, like cringing and like, oh my god, like that's like horrific, where mm-hmm. it it's always meant to give him like a sensation, which is what he wanted, but they never specified whether it'd be like a good sensation or not. It's like pulling at his nerves or whatever. Yeah, it's like Very a super gruesome. elaborate uh, saw trap. Yeah, and then you know, eventually they get rid of it, and then they send. Oh, and what did when his body get, like? kind of fixes itself that reminded me of frank as well where like mm-hmm. frank is starting to like you know reassemble his body and then you know you that to... seemed practical to me too the effects so, uh, kind of just like in reverse maybe probably there's a picture in this uh magazine where they have that chest oh okay and it's it looks really good here in this image so i at least some of that's practical it, it, looked, well it looked really good there's probably something to the gold apparatus that he had because i noticed a lot of the Cenobites had stuff like that. Like, Pinhead has that gold thing in her throat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then looking at the... I guess I can turn my camera on to show you guys. Uh, the people listening to this won't be able to see this, but there's, like, a Cenobite that has a design right here where it's got, like, the box in their back. And in the movie, I looked it up, like... Oh, yeah. It's made of, like, gold and stuff. Oh, and here's the... Like the, the chest that they used for Roland. Oh dang! I, I I wonder what that what the deal is with that. Maybe that's like their the machinery they have in their uh, dimension. What did you think of the Chatterer? Since he's the other OG Cenobite that returned. Oh yeah, I was surprised to see him back. Yeah, surprised to see him uh, quickly dispatched too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we finally got to see him use his teeth though. It's like his one <laughs> yeah. feature, I guess. Uh, I always wondered what he did. <laughs> yeah, because he... It was always uh, just Pinhead and just the chasing people. Cenobite that and he's just there, talk, right? chattering yeah. away. He yeah, just fucking teeth not doing anything. and He and Butterball <laughs> didn't do much, really. But yeah, he bit some... I do like that 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 like that reveal where they can like stab Cenobites as well. And then, you know, they can mm-hmm. be offered up. And I think this is where I do like the acting for Pinhead. Where Pinhead, like, she's looking like, oh, you know, like, Riley. Like, Riley, like, you know, she used her wits in that moment. And then Pinhead, like, slightly smiles. Like, you see the corner of her mouth, like, go up a bit. Almost like she's pleased at this, like, like oh, she's, like, like we underestimated her in a way. Um, I don't think I noticed that. Oh, I, I noticed that, dude. I was I was watching this movie intently. Uh, <laughs> I do like how... I guess that kind of speaks to how clever... I think the movie is very clever. And maybe I'm only saying that because I'm comparing it to the rest of the series. I, I do like like the whole like idea of the house meant to be like a cage for the Cenobites that Roland built over time to, you know, bring down Leviathan and whatnot and, you know, use them as a bargaining chip. I thought that, that was pretty clever. Yeah, that guy really did his research. Uh, like, how do you figure all this out? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how people figure <laughs> this shit out in this world. Would you guys want to see a sequel to this? Maybe if they were to make one. Do you think? Okay. Do you first of all? Do you guys think that they would make a sequel to this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go, go ahead. Go Maybe. ahead. <laughs> Depends how well it does. Yeah. But I think it was doing pretty good. I know, like, 
because it was released on Hulu. I know Prey was also released on Hulu, and that one's. I heard that one's already getting a sequel. So I mean, yeah, oh, I guess, it is. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like a direct sequel or like you know like another just another Predator movie, but I I think I totally watch a sequel to this. I would want a sequel to. I want to. I know you were talking about like having a sequel like that, but in like colonial times as well. Oh yeah, I mentioned. Uh... And I, I got this straight up from Prey because I saw uh, a post uh, on Instagram kind of like talk about Prey and they were like, we should do like more time period pieces like with horror and stuff, but like like main franchises, which I would want, but I also wouldn't want because I don't want that to be overdone. But I think Hellraiser is a good idea where they like maybe like there's like and they're in colonial times and they open up like the puzzle box or something, you know, like it's just there and they find it. I think that'd be pretty cool, you know, like a like an ancient like timepiece. And you know they'd lose their shit over the how these new Cenobites look. They'd be like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess for a sequel, and this is something that I read. Um, they didn't talk about sequel, but they talked about how this world works, which I could see them doing a sequel idea, kind of. They mentioned that, because they were mentioning like, oh, like, where does, is this a remake? Is this, you know, uh, a requel? What, what is this? There are elements of the first and second in this. And they mentioned that it's none of those. They mentioned, you know, they kept throwing around the term, like, it's a readaptation and whatnot. But they mentioned that, and I guess it's better if I read it. They mentioned, in my imagining, if the hell priests have a hierarchy, because they were talking about the hierarchy of the, of the Cenobites. If the hell priests have a hierarchy, you've got bishops and cardinals and things like that. Then the pinheads, quote unquote, for lack of a better term, are an echelon within the hierarchy. So in my mind, there are multiple pinheads embodied by multiple actors and multiple people. And we're meeting a different type. So this could be the same reality as the other Hellraiser movies. And that the pinhead, you know, the the figure that has these things, this gridded head with these things in them, that's just like a title. So I've already seen people like throw on like we could have a meeting of both pinheads and that that would be pretty cool. And like they like they they both work for Leviathan, you know, it's it's the same love. The thing that remains the same is Leviathan and the maze and the world that they inhabit, Mm. which, you know, Leviathan, obviously it's the same diamond looking motherfucker. But, you know, you got all these different chatters, you know, the chatter is like a title, maybe, you know, pinheads like a title. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a pretty cool idea. So that's that's that could be a potential sequel. Bring in the original Pinhead as well, and then the the big baby one too. <laughs> he, can, he can make an appearance. Yeah, they could. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, if there's multiple Pinheads, he right. Maybe we he's would, a different one, you know. We would then have to watch that movie, which I'd be down to cover on the show. <laughs> I think um, they should go to space. Go to, <laughs> I don't know much about that movie, but I know that I think. Because it takes place in the future, I think one of the the like the space stations is meant to be like a giant puzzle box that you can walk in. So like the space what station the moves. So <laughs> whatever the fuck, I don't know. That movie sounds Goop. bizarre as fuck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did like Hellraiser. What would you guys rate it out of ten? I guess. Um, maybe like a seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do the same. I really liked it. I so I watched this twice. I really liked it on my first viewing, probably mm-hmm. just because I have not seen a good Hellraiser movie, at least a new one in like forever. Based off of my first viewing, I probably would have given it like eight or eight point five. I did watch uh-huh. it a second time with Christian, and I did notice the runtime the second time around. It did feel like it dragged on a bit, so 
I think I got to agree. I'm giving it a seven as well. I don't think it does anything wrong. I think it yeah. does. A, I think I don't. Yeah, there's not like a specific flaw I can point to. It's good, but you know. It's what good. did you think about the twist that Trevor oh. was working with Roman the whole time? I think that's a really good twist. I thought I thought that was a really good twist, and it's kind of like fucked up once you like because upon rewatch, like you got to see like how he like it's obvious, you know, him taking Riley to this to this um, container mm-hmm. where they had the box, and he's like, oh. Like, obviously, he knows it can open. And he's like, oh, well, I haven't tried everything. It's almost like he's having her do everything because he doesn't want to touch the box because he knows what it does. Yeah, he, like, constantly refuses to, 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 yeah, touch to grab it, it and like, stuff. Like, try to open it, yeah. And I noticed that. And it's very it's very fucked, dude. Trevor's a, Trevor's a bastard, dude. I don't know. His motive's, like, I it, guess he's just in it for the money? Yeah. Right? Like, he's in it's it. Just, it's just money, I guess. Yeah. Which it didn't really go over it. Yeah, I do like Roland's like Must be a lot of money. His like what what did Roland say? I do like the little diss he had where he said it was easy to get him because it was the biggest um job of his miserable life or something. Oh yeah. Like I, the biggest I like opportunity. Yeah. Biggest um, offer or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the twist was pretty good. They probably could have fleshed out like his motive and whatnot, because that was a to like have a lot of your friends and you know, girlfriend possibly die is kind of fucked. Which, yeah. <laughs> I also think what Roland did in order to get, you know, his first... Well, I mean, gift... they weren't really his friends, to be honest, actually. Oh, yeah, true. Kind of just her friends. Yeah, her friends. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I also think what Roland did to get his first gift is pretty fucked. Just getting strangers to open up the box for him. Oh, yeah. That's the first dude. I feel so bad for him. I, I do like how they did that kill, though. It's very, I guess, like you said, taste tasteful. Where they don't sh- really show the gore, it's more like him in the background, and you just hear the chains. Like you hear the chains, you know what oh, that yeah. is, and you just hear him screaming. Oh god, I don't know. I it's very like, <laughs> I don't know, very horrific, but also like, I don't know, a good way to like. I do like that opening. That whole opening is really good. Uh, which was your favorite Cenobite out of all of them? Your favorite design. Favorite design. Um, we got seven Cenobites in this movie. I think it's probably the most there's ever been in a movie. Dang. Well, I can't um, speak for the others. I'm just saying that because I was the first two. I think the one with the the wires, with the oh. kind of like crescent wire thing on her head. Right, right. Which one was that one again? Uh, I forgot already. I think her name's a uh, Gasp. Gasp. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she looks pretty. Yeah, probably, cool. probably her or Pinhead. Pinhead's pretty cool too. Yeah. I like Pinhead. Pretty yeah. Design. I, I gotta go with Pinhead too. Second would be um, a Sphinx. The one that, like, starts running. Mm-hmm. I never... Cenobites yeah, that run, creepy. that's kind of scary, <laughs> dude. You always see them, like, you know, walking slowly and stuff. And, you know, like, ele- with, like, elegance and whatnot. And this... Mo- like, he started walking at first. But the moment he, like, broke out into, like, you know... Into a fucking jog. Full I was like, holy shit. That's pretty fucking terrifying. Um, and then once he gets caught, like, in the... That, like, oh, yeah, the... door and his, like, skin starts, like sliding uh, off his face. Yeah. It's very disgusting. I think um, the worst part about the Cenobites is that, you know that when they get you, it's they're not going to make it fast. It's going to oh, be, like, yeah. slow, you know? Yeah, that like, is so fucked. It's just not going to be a good time at all. Yeah, I think these, to me, these are scarier than, and maybe it's because, you know, they're more, you know, contemporary, more modern, I guess, than the other ones. The other ones are, like, very 80s, but mm-hmm. the 80s ones never really scared me, but these ones, I would not want to touch these guys. Like, I wouldn't mind posing with for a picture <laughs> with, like, old Pinhead, 
don't know about this one. This one's like very icky. I wouldn't want to like touch or anything. <laughs> if they do do a sequel, I kind of want to see them explore Leviathan again. Because from what I heard, I think the second one's the only time they've ever mentioned that. Which is kind of really? shocking that none of the other sequels... Probably because they didn't have the budget to, <laughs> to show Leviathan and, you know, this like, <laughs> cool... Which, 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 guess, yeah. which looked so cool in this. And I gotta... I got just gotta bring this up because it reminded me of the original. You know, the original, like, they have those stupid, like, lightning effects. Every time you, like, use the box or whatever. <laughs> and when they get sent right, back the, like, to their world... Bright blue lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when they get sent back to their world, like, the lightning, like, envelops them or something. It's so bizarre. But <laughs> when Leviathan shows up and you see the lightning in the sky... And, again, mm-hmm. I probably... I'm looking way too much into this. But the way the lightning moves reminded me of that. It's almost like that lightning is, like, the lightning that used to come out of the old box. Yeah. Again, probably just jumping to conclusions here, but... Um... I mean, I'm sure there is they were inspired by it probably right which uh like even even the the rooms and stuff like the walls the way that they like shifted in and like moved around yeah they did that in the original too right they yeah they did do I remember that, yeah. correctly yeah and speaking of the original uh clive barker was involved with this one too which is very cool uh, oh, okay. i don't know if he'd ever been involved with the sequels but this is at least probably since the second one if he did if he was involved with the second one this is the first one he's been involved in for a long time and he helped like guide david bruckner like 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 he like challenged him in a way where he's like make like a better version of like kind of like what i did i guess Mm -hmm. which is very cool and uh you know that's it's very dope that's our thoughts on hellraiser you can go catch this on hulu i've been your co-host robert and i've been your co-host enrique and thank you, Yuli, for uh, joining us on uh, the episode for Hellraiser. Uh, Anytime. Is there a horror movie you guys are looking forward to? Between 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 Halloween Ends and Terrifier 2, uh, which one are you guys looking forward to the most? Um, Probably Halloween Ends. Yeah, yeah. I'm not watching Terrifier 2. <laughs> yeah, that would Though be... I'm slightly more interested in Terrifier 2 than I would be. Halloween. Then I thought I'd be. <laughs> I, I, I was praying. On, I told Enrique this on the downfall of Terrifier 2. I really want that movie to do so fucking awful. So I really <laughs> hate that first movie. But the moment I heard people say that people were fainting and throwing up after seeing that movie, <laughs> I am rooting for Terrifier 2. <laughs> I am on Terrifier's team now. Uh, anyways, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's been this episode. Uh, see you all on the Witching Hour.